Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 347 of Sat Kings Therapy. I'm coming to you right after the Kings handle um, the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers in LA, where they basically just completely just outplayed the Lakers. Um, they came out really strong on offense. And they basically never really slowed down. Now, we can talk a little bit about towards the end of the game where the Lakers kind of made a run, but it was basically too late. And I well, I did definitely get a teeny bit nervous, but at the same time, I was just looking to score, and I think the Lakers had about one up, like 100 points by around the five-minute mark, the four-minute mark. And I was just thinking there's no way they're going to 120, which was kind of where the Kings were at. And so I, I wasn't really worried about this game. And yeah, the Kings just destroyed the Lakers, basically. Uh, granted, se- Lakers were on a second night of a back-to-back. And, but, you know, the Kings, they, they came out strong. They absolutely just, you know, like, how, how would I even describe it? Like, they just put their, like, really were focused. They executed and yeah like they also just couldn't miss shots and that also really helps but the main thing with this game uh besides the offense is i thought the defense was actually really good this game the kings uh forced uh let's see 23 turnovers from the lakers basically the the kings i like they were just really active in the passing lanes but like they were just getting deflections all the time i don't have the i don't have the deflection stat i think you need to like pay like synergy i'll pay like a like synergy to get those numbers but it just felt like they got so many deflections they their hands were in the passing lane like openings to get the ball inside to the big man just did not happen and the kings would either get their hands on the ball and like deflect it or it or it would just be out of bounds or it would just absolutely just torpedo their off uh, the lakers offense which was pretty bad mostly all night especially when lebron was off the floor We'll, we'll get to lebron in a bit but just a great uh, defensive game from from the Kings, where it was probably just like I've never I've n- I don't remember ever seeing the Kings this locked in on defense and just execute it so well. And then there were moments where you just saw like guys get put in straitjackets, like um, De'Aaron like got a few like one of those he's almost patented like pick six rip like at half court, and then Keegan Murray. Um, there was one possession uh, where Austin Reeves like tried his like you know his bag of tricks like to you know snake around the screen and you know try to try to bait a foul and Keegan Murray just put him in an absolute straitjacket it turned into a ugly fadeaway from uh, from AD and I, I wonder if this is going to become a thing where Keegan just is going to be just a defensive like a real defensive menace out there where. You know, like guys like Reeves, who you know aren't like crazy, ridiculous, quick, um, like just can't get by Keegan, and then Keegan also uses his length to just absolutely swallow up guys, and yeah, you know, just a really good um, play or really good def- defensive game from the from the Kings. The Lakers' offense was also really bad, and like there were times where they try to go to guys like D'Angelo, he couldn't really get anything going, and then like. And then they try to go to Austin Reeves, who was just, I don't know what the hell happened to Austin Reeves. He's not been good. Like, I didn't realize he was so terrible, like, uh, the first game against the King. He did he, he did have nine points uh, 
eight wow nine points 11 rebounds and eight assists wow but he did have five turnovers those five those five turnovers were bad but like you know he just he's not as effective and I don't know if like if the, the league has just caught up to his foul baiting or something but like he's just not getting he's not getting those plays that he used to be able to get he's not really getting to a spot as much he just he looks a little rushed I'll just say and maybe maybe he'll find his rhythm but like he was bait he was bait he wasn't really doing anything for a lot of the game and AD the, the Kings, this was the one of the more impressive things to me. AD is three for nine this game for nine points and nine rebounds. Just a really bad game from him. Did have four blocks, but four turnovers. They, the Kings opened up by doubling him. And, you know, they would actually switch the screen with him and LeBron. And Harrison Barnes would end up on uh, AD. And Sabonis would double down off of LeBron. Usually not a great idea, but AD just, like, he's not a good post passer. And when he passes it back to LeBron, there's nothing there. But when he tries to pass it inside, this is the this was like what I keep talking about. Like the Kings' hands were active; they got deflections. He, you know, those turned into turnovers, and that opened up the game. And basically, like the Kings never really looked back. the The Lakers um, made runs throughout the game, and like the, I'll give the credit to the Lakers. They always do this with their defense. This era of the Lakers, where you know they'll they'll look kind of dead in the water, and then they'll just get a series of a defensive stops, build a lot of momentum, and then they're right back in the game. But it was not to be this game because, boy, that that they have to rely on LeBron for a lot of that. So this, so I have some notes here where this basically kind of sums up the game. Uh, look, so LeBron checks out. Or like the, the Lakers make a bit of a run to cut it to around seven uh, or maybe to five um, after being down like, you know, double digits, like 14 at one point. I think early in the game, they were down like 17. They cut the lead down to like seven or five. LeBron has to check out because, you know, he's he's up there in age and he's going to need some rest. The, the lead immediately goes back to double digits, like 14 or so. The, the Lakers just turn the ball over, take some bad shots, to make, um, run bad offense. LeBron checks back in, immediately gets an and one, and then sparks a and then sparks a run to cut the lead back to like seven. And then the Kings would kind of shoot back, and they would just hit, either hit a really really big three, or just like they'll, or they'll just get, get some sort of like some sort of a turnover and just and just you know run down the other run down the other way for for a bucket. Basically, anytime the the Lakers um, got any momentum, LeBron either has to just check out. Or they make a they make a mistake, which you know get, gives the Kings like just the every little bit of momentum that they could get, and then and then they would hit some sort of really just soul crushing shot, and that was basically the rhythm of the game. The, the Lakers constantly try to make a run, make a run, but they just couldn't sustain it because they could they're not gonna let LeBron they're not gonna run LeBron into the ground even though they kind of are right now. But let's talk about LeBron. Like LeBron, like what can I say about this dude? like he's 30 he's what 38 or 39 this year he's played 20 20 years in this league and is clearly still one of the best players in the league now i'd be i'd be like very hesitant to put him top five but in terms of like effect on his on specifically his team he is that he still is that guy like ad just so so disappointing this game like he's not really carrying the load at all and LeBron just has to do everything. Like he's setting guys up. He's getting downhill. He's hitting threes. 
he just and then he's all he's also getting chased down blocks he got one on us i think it was some bonus like coming coming down on a fast break the man is just doing everything at at 20 years in the league like 38 years old just insane stuff like you know i, I he's personally not my goat but like if you want to make like an argument that he is the goat mj was not doing this at 20 years um he, he only played for about what 14 or 15 14 or 16. I, I I forgot if they count. I forgot if I counted the Washington years, but like to play twenty years and just be still be the easily like by miles the best player in your in your on your team and one of the best players in the league. Like there's really nothing like it. Um, just incredible stuff. But just yeah, he ended up getting a triple double this game. Was was just the engine for for the Laker offense and. You know the Lakers. They added guys. Um, you know this offseason, and you you would think like D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves would be able to kind of, will be able to kind of, um, you know, hold down the fort while he's off the floor. But they just haven't been able to do that. D'Lo like statistically had a really good game. Twelve for 20, 4 for six from three. I thought he played pretty terrible. Like just, told, I'm reading Twitter like during during the game. Like Tony Jones just kind of trashing him, going like. You know, if he just goes and just makes the right play, aka get it to like LeBron on the fast break, make the hit ahead pass, like just there's just little things he doesn't do, and it just and it's just like what is this guy doing? It's just I, I don't get D'Lo sometimes. Like he's so feast or famine, like it's it must be so frustrating to, if you're a Laker fan. Like he just does not do, make the right play. He 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 really should be like a point guard. But he like he all all too often falls into these kind of like I gotta be the man I gotta be the man that's to set everything up and then you know I gotta take this shot or like make this make this home run play instead of just being kind of the steady guy who just makes the right play and doesn't really do that often and even though he had a very good game statistically I thought I didn't think he was that good. Uh, there's one more guy I'll, I'll quickly talk about um, on the Lakers that I thought probably should have played a lot more, but. They put him in weird lineups where he ended up with a negative. I mean, granted, they lost by 15, so that's not really saying anything. But like Christian Wood, they they really should play him a little bit more. Like he at least is a competent like offensive big man, and like Jackson Hayes is not good. <laughs> like I don't like I, I get the idea of Jackson Hayes, but the reality of Jackson Hayes is just. He's not good. Like he, he's he's tall. He's athletic. You would think he could block shots and go and you know and you know finish lobs, but he can't do that for some reason. It's just just one of those kinds of things. But Christian Wood has some game to has some game to him, and like I thought he was actually pretty good. And there and this is the thing that actually I can't believe I'm actually saying. There were moments where I was just like saying, get the ball to Christian Wood down low against like Keon Ellis and stuff like that, like. But instead, like Austin Reeve just takes a takes a mid range jumper, misses it, and the the Lakers don't get the offensive rebound. It's just they need to they need to involve C Wood a little bit more. Like he kind of he's kind of one one of their only hopes right now for like somewhat consistent scoring. Uh, I'll quickly talk about Cam Reddish. He had a decent game. He had to have five steals, so like he was really active. He basically right now is kind of a better version of what Troy Brown Jr. did last year. You know what? Good for him for it for you know accepting that role. I I don't know. Like he's all right. Like it's good to see him buy into this role. And like you know if they end up playing well in the playoffs, like if they make the playoffs, and like maybe he has like a good like a good game or two. Like he's gonna he might get paid. Like he he's a long wing. 
but ultimately i don't see it with him he's he's not he's not good enough for my liking honestly it's just i don't i don't really get it okay uh on to the lake or onto the kings sabonis just i am very impressed with sabonis as how he's able to like dominate certain certain matchups the skinny kind the skinny more like athletic um athletic versatile big man is a is a matchup that you know sabonis just absolutely loves and absolutely and really just dominates a lot of the time now ad did get him one or two times with, with blocks but sabonis just pinned him under underneath the basket a bunch of times and then just you know flipped over a lot of hook shots like this was like the most like hook shots without the backboard that, that i've ever seen from sabonis and you know like really good to see him take 19 shots like 13 for 19 from the floor like he's got to be aggressive you know he he's the second best player on this team and he just he just needs to attack like relentlessly sometimes and when you got a matchup against a guy that's just you know not as grounded not as you know not as bulky as um as most big men so yeah good for him and you know he ran the offense was just really good and again good on defense and also just you know really good really good rebounding too like he got five offensive rebounds this game just yeah really bad ad game <laughs> like it just like Sabonis playing this well is, was also like a, a symptom of AD having a bad game, and I thought Sabonis guarded him pretty well too. Like just, I don't know what it is with Davis. Sometimes he just he just kind of floats in and out of games. But you know, kudos to Sabonis for just playing so well. Harrison Barnes, I thought he had a really good game. Um, Thirteen points, uh, had four steals, and you know, one big one that basically ended the game um, on LeBron, who basically gassed out in the fourth quarter. I thought he just played solid defense overall. There was a blow by that Rui Hachimura on him, where I'm just like, come on, you cannot get blown by by Rui Hachimura like that. But other than that, he was just solid on the defensive end, just you know, a body to kind of just hold LeBron and just not let him score like effortlessly. Um, also hit, also hit three out of his six threes. Some of them were like big threes too, and you know, just like good to see him just kind of like find his way back i thought he actually did a really good job like on the rebounding front even though it's amazing he only had one rebound but like i thought he was like boxing out and one of the reasons why ad wasn't as effective like the late uh the kings were really good at just you know keeping him off the boards and you know like harrison was part of that i'm just surprised he only had one rebound but i thought harrison was very good keegan now Keegan did not have a good statistic game, statistical game. Only you know three for nine from the field, two for seven from three, but he was a he was definitely playing very hard on the defensive end. Again, he at one point he put Austin Reeves in a straitjacket, and like he gave D'Angelo Russell problems too, just with his length and just being disciplined and you know just using his length to really just contest. That's actually really refreshing to see, like. The Kings may finally have a, a very have like a legit wing stopper. Like, you know, Harrison Barnes is really good, but he's more of a body you just put on a guy to kind of wear him out until you put like the the guy um on on the wing on on that guy to end the game, which you know, like Keegan could be that guy to like, you know, what I call like a defensive finisher, where you know, you have Harrison Barnes kind of like slowly just kind of want you know wear down, wear down that guy. And then you have a uh, Keegan like put him on, put Keegan on him in the fourth to kind of finish them off. I'm really impressed. Um, he didn't guard LeBron a lot this game. I would have actually liked to have seen it, but he's been really go good guarding like these like twos and 
like these ones and twos. Like I, that was the thing coming out of college with him. Like he's not going to be a very good lateral mover. He, he might be able to be a very solid wing defender, like two through four maybe, but like he's been guarding like ones pretty well too. Granted, like he's not like these guys aren't jitterbugs, but like he did guard Donovan Mitchell of all people really well. So this might become something. Like if he becomes like Mister Straightjacket on on the uh, on the Kings, that is a huge development. Okay, um, De'Aaron Fox. Like what else can you say? He's a he's a fucking star at this point. Like twenty eight points, five assists. Just it, it like it doesn't do him justice how effective he was. He was hitting some tough shots. And, you know, his relentless pace and, you know, going against a, like, even though, like, again, AD didn't have a great game, going up against a, you know, a at, almost an S-level rim protector like AD and still being able to finish, like, like you know, he, almost, like, effortlessly is really incredible stuff. And it's what, and it's what superstars do. Like, you just cannot, again, nowadays you cannot put one guy on him. You need to, like, have a game plan of, like, you know, having a guy kind of just, you know, stay in, try to stay in front of them. And like, you know, they're going to get blown by. So you need a backup plan in a rim protector like AD to, you know, to have a, to have a prayer in stopping them. And even in this game, like they, they couldn't really do it. It says like 10 for 22, but I don't, I don't remember him missing that many shots. Now I do remember him missing a lot of threes, but it is what it is. But like, he was just relentless and an absolute force, like absolute force like on the offensive end and then on the defensive end he's he's a pest he like he has ridiculously quick hands and like he's he seems he's even really locking in on, on that side of the ball and it's really good to see just he he's a super he's a superstar now and you know there's talk about him being like in the mvp race like this is the kind of shit that would put you in the mvp race like absolutely dominating it on a national tv game like be, being the clearly the best player out there and just controlling the game and just putting so much pressure on on the other team on the opponent's defense that you know like this is the kind of shit that superstars do uh kevin herter like so this is an incredible stat i i think it was uh, i have to actually look it up so kevin herter started five for 25 um five for 25 to open the year from three and right now, I think he's 23 of 46 cents. So basically shooting 50% from, from three. Like, he's found his rhythm. And he was he was insane this game. Like, in the third quarter, he was literally taking, like, like you know, like, um, lateral fading away threes. Like, from almost, like, from 30 feet. He is, he's got his rhythm back. He's got his confidence back. And, like, when he's playing like this, the Kings are absolutely unstoppable. And like, you know, he had 28 points. Add to his seven assists. Just being, just, you know, he is a huge weapon coming off those screens. And him and Sabonis just have such a great connection with one another. Like, he is, he is like a legitimate third option. Where, like, if the if like the other team is going to, like, key their uh, defense on Sabonis and uh, De'Aaron, like, Kevin Herter can find, like, an opening. He hit some really, like, big shots in the fourth quarter where they just had to leave him open for, like, mid-rangers and, and floaters. And he was able to deliver. So, yeah, he's, he's found his touchback. And it's really good to see him just overcome. Like, that's just going to be one of the big stories, like, for the Kings this season. Just a guy that's able to, like, overcome such a rough start to, you know, really find his role and become you know, basically solidified in the starting lineup and becoming one of the, one of the core guys.
So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if, like if he keeps his up. He has these kinds of stretches where he's absolutely like where he's just not missing from three. And then he has stretches where, you know, he's shooting like 20% from three. Like he, he just has these kinds of games. But yeah, I just thought he was so good. And then also like the two steals, just he he was also really good on defense with like deflections. It's just really good to see this like um, team to put it together. And this is what they are. Like, man, it's pretty, it, it's going to be fun to see. Like the Kings are going to be unstoppable. If he, like Keegan Murray didn't even shoot that well from three this game. And like, but Kevin like made up for basically because he's just, he was just so smoking hot. So, you know, just another, another great game. Okay, last guy I'll quickly um, talk about. I mean, I'm looking at the box score. I mean, so, okay, the last guy I'll talk about, Sasha Vazenkov. Like, the the thing on him about being a bad defender. Now, he there's no doubt that he's not exactly a great um, on-ball defender just due to his kind of lack of, like, quickness and lack of uh, length and just, you know, that he's going to he's gonna get hunted at, at, a, at some point if he's going to play, like, more minutes. But, like, he's a really, really good team defender. Like, I just, I, I'm always just so impressed by just how good, how, like, how active he is sometimes and just being in the right position to get deflections. Like, he ended up with two steals. And, like, those two steals were just, like, do I want to call them genius stuff? Like, it was, like, one one play where basically he got, he he managed to get a deflection that led to a tar that led to a fast break. And then there was another one where I th I think he ended up like like just stripping a guy. I think it was Austin Reeves. <laughs> like he just managed to poke the ball free from Austin Reeves who tried to iso on him. He's he's really impressing me on defense. And if like the Kings' like team defense is going to be this good, they can cover for him like on isos like that when other teams try to go at him. Just you know, he's a smart he's a smart guy, and he he knows he just knows how to play basketball. And so, like, just I was really impressed by how he he wasn't like a liability on that end. Like, now we'll see in the playoffs when like teams really hunt him. But like for now, especially like he's just he's just really like just a solid good player. Like, and and certain sometimes he's gonna get hot. And like when he when he gets hot, it's gonna be like just you know cherry on top because you know. He's not going to get a lot of shots. That's just going to be a thing. But if he can just stay out there, like, you know, with his defense, like, why not? You know? Okay. And the last, what is the last thing I'll talk about during this game? I guess the last thing I'll talk about um, during this game, like, to, like I started this, I started this uh, podcast talking about the defense. Look, like, don't get me wrong. The Kings' defense was Swiss cheese for uh, for stretches where you know they they managed to score thirty eight points in the in the first quarter and like the Lakers managed to catch up. Kind of, they managed to let the Lakers back into the game. But the if the Kings can play defense like this, they're re they might be taking the next step. Now they will need like better defenders. Like we'll see if guys like Chris Duarte can figure it out and like to see if um, Davion Mitchell can get back into the rotation. But like this is the kind of defense like that they need to be able to play to take the next step, and you know barring a trade or anything, like I'm really good. I'm really encouraged with with just uh, the growth that we've seen, and the Kings are starting to figure starting to figure some stuff out, and we'll see if like this defense is real and like if it's actually sustainable because 
the way that they're playing like I, I was just so like i was just so like sure the the kings made a lot of shots they were 16 of 44 from three still don't love that many attempts but you know they're make 16 why not right but like the defense is the big part and they got so many fast break points out of this like that was kind of the thing i was looking forward to this season was like if their defense improves and they can force turnovers their offense will be even more deadly because they're so devastating in transition so we, we'll see if like this is just a if this is a real thing that they can do to other teams as well again the lakers were on a second out of back-to-back like they were a little worn out and you could really see that by the end of the game so you know encouraging signs going forward <music> Hi listeners, we have partnered with HYV Designs to bring you a discount on their store. Please go to etsy.com slash shop slash H-Y-V-D-E-S-I-G-N-S and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount on their items. They have everything from King's Light the Beam memorabilia to BTS light sticks to Genshin Impact coasters and much more. Check out their store on Etsy.com and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount. Link in the description. All right, I just want to quickly talk a little bit about just the Minnesota and uh, and Warriors fiasco. Um, so for those of you that don't know, um, in their, so they played a... Um, not not a back to back, but basically, uh, Minnesota was in Golden State for two games, and on on the second game, uh, what what happened? Well, let, let's actually go start with the first game. The first game, Minnesota was basically beating the <laughs> was beating the uh, Warriors' ass, and Draymond is out out here, you know, doing the Draymond stuff. Like when when they start losing, sometimes you see him start to kind of lose it a little bit and start to essentially act out a little bit. You know he hits guys with like some hard fouls. He so this time he hit um and with not really a hard foul, but he definitely fouled him. Kind of a little bit of a shot, and basically started talking back to him. You know Draymond's like you know trying like talk you know talking that shit. You ain't you, what you gonna do about it? And then Ant Edwards proceeds to hit a bunch of shots on Draymond. <laughs> like like Ant is him. Like I, this is the thing I I'll say about like the. And there's no debate right now, but at some point, there's going to be a De'Aaron and Aunt Edwards debate. And and right now, I th- I still think De'Aaron might actually have a little bit of an edge. I still think Ant is a teeny bit overrated, but like Ant is Ant is that guy, like the personality, the swagger, you know, the the play on the court. Like he's a he's a terrific player, and he definitely is the star of the team. Just. Like you know, to talk to talk back to Draymond like that, just that's some that's some real shit. And then to back it up, like that's some gangster shit right there, right? So the next game, for uh, it was a really stupid scuffle. So a, a shot goes up. I think Clay Thompson just kind of sticks his arm. I I don't even remember who started it, but basically, um, Clay like Clay or Jane McDaniel stick their arm out at each other. They put one yanks the other's jersey. The other one yanks back. It turns into a bit of a scuffle. Jane is able to kind of like rip a piece of a uh, Clay's jersey, but then, but then, so this, so Rudy Gobert tries to break things up, and he kind of tries to wrap up uh, Clay from behind, 
And, you know, there, the debate, there is a bit of a debate like, oh, was he going for his head or was he going for his shoulder? What, whatever. But then Draymond takes his opportunity and basically turns into Samoa Joe and puts um, Rudy Gobert into, this coquina, into the coquina clutch and just drags him backwards with guys trying to kind of pull him off. Um, and you know, he, the, the result ended up being, uh, what was it? Draymond and clay get ejected on the warrior side. And then, uh, and then what Jane McDaniels on the other side. So like, I, I guess I'll talk about the Draymond stuff. So we, as Kings fans, we experienced the stop last year where, you know, um, Sabonis falls down, you know, g- grabs grabs uh, Draymond's foot, and Draymond loses his fucking mind and just stomps on him and gets ejected. <laughs> Draymond te- sometimes just loses his goddamn mind. I don't know what really initiates it. Sometimes, well, I kind of, well, I do. Sometimes he's just angry about stuff, and like, so this is kind of in that same vein, in that. If you watch the video, there's there's no way you can really talk yourself out of Draymond wanting to do some bad shit in this one. Like he like it's not really just about like with, with the Sabonis thing. It wasn't so much about he grabbed his foot. The dude was mad about something else as well. Like he he tends to lose his mind in these in these kinds of situations. So in this situation, it really wasn't a, about breaking up the fight. Because like that, that's what a, a lot of Warriors fans are saying. Well, Rudy was about to choke, was about to choke a uh, Clay, or as I or as I kind of jokingly put it, he was about to put him in the Kali vice grip almost. Like if you want to like do it frame by frame like that. But Draymond, he went in there with ill intentions, and his uh, his his objective was not to break up the fight. He was trying to hurt Rudy, and like. Look, I'm not a fan of Rudy at all. Like, I think he's just annoying, and he thinks he's way cooler than he actually is. Okay, like I, I get the sub, I get the annoyance with him, and to a certain degree, the hatred for him. But this one, I'm on, I'm on Rudy's side on this one. Like, I don't think Rudy was trying to choke Clay. I don't know how the hell you get to that, like, get to that conclusion. I thought I thought he was trying to I thought he may have been trying to break up the fight. There's some like apparently some fight etiquette where you're not ever supposed to grab, you know, the other the other opponent. You're supposed to only, you know, separate your own teammate, whatever, like that that kind of stuff. It, it, look, I'm not going to get into that stuff, but like I thought he was trying to break up the fight and, you know, in in this chaos, Draymond took the opportunity to go at Rudy Gobert like and he just and he's just choke and he like he wanted to choke the hell out of him. And then in the video, and then like you see in the video, Steve Kerr is telling him to let go, to let go, and he's not letting go. And again, he is dragging him basically, like he is legit, like almost like you know Samoa Joe, like choking out Paul Heyman there, or like whatever whatever analogy you want to say. A lot of people bring up the million dollar dream. I don't know. He's straight up like he put him in the rear naked choke right there. So, anyways. Like it, he he wanted to do some bad shit, and like he he saw an opportunity to kind of like you know to essentially do something he's always wanted to do, which was beat beat the fuck out, gotta like put hands on Rudy Gobert. So that's what he did, and like one of the things that I'm just just mesmerized by is like the response and just how many people came to his defense. 
Like to me, there's no there's to me there's no way you can actually defend this because look, I I thought it was pretty clear that Draymond wanted wanted to do some bad bad shit. Like there was, like you you could say he was trying to break up the fight. If he if he if his intent was to just break up the fight, like he would have let Rudy go after he got after like you know after he got him away from the scuffle, he would not have been dragging him as long as he did. Like he he had other intentions in addition to maybe wanting to break up the fight. And it's just like I'm just shocked with just how Warriors fans, how Warriors media, how the Warriors team all enable him, like all defend him on this kind of stuff. Like it's so bad now that goddamn Jason Jones, like you know, kind of a de- kind of the designated, uh, kind of the designated Draymond defender on in the Sacramento media, essentially. But even he's like saying like. How are you out? How are people out here defending Draymond here? Like, honestly, like Jason Jones kind of coming around on this. Like, I tweeted this out. Him coming around on this is like Sammy betraying the bloodline. Like, like he's holding up the chair and then he just hits Roman in the back. And in this case, Jason Jones just hits Draymond in the back and the crowd just goes boom. And yeah, that's what it feels like. And I'm just shocked that so many people are defending him. Like, it, it kind of boils down to one or two things. Like, Oh, you know, like they don't like Rudy, which sure, like I'm just I'm not sure about doing that to him. And then there's the other one where it's like, oh, he's the enforcer, you know, he's just he's backing up his teammate. Like, you don't you really shouldn't be defending this. And like this is the kind of stuff you just have to hold your guy accountable for. And you know, I sure I get it to a certain degree. This is just who Draymond is, this is just the fire that he has, but again. Like, w- w- does this really fire you up? Like, ugh, they don't even answer that because they actually all, they actually made this a close game despite uh, not having Steph Curry and losing Clay and Draymond. Like, this is why he's the emotional leader. But this is a guy who just wanted to hurt somebody to me. Like, you gotta you gotta call that shit out and just not defend him. Like, you know the the viral clip of you know of Bob Fitzgerald and uh I, I don't know how to pronounce his first name but uh, his last name is Azabuki just defending him and just saying like you just defending him and like even tweeting out the video saying you know he's just being the enforcer he's just trying to break up the fight like at a certain point does he need to commit murder does he need to just straight up like just kick some like just hurt somebody before like you know somebody finally puts puts like the rank like pulls in pulls him in on this shit like this shit is unacceptable ultimately i'm just really disappointed by a lot of like warriors media like a guy i do respect a lot like it's samus fendiari like i respect his opinion but you know he's out here complaining about you know because the the suspension suspension um for draymond is gonna be five games and you know he's out here out here like you know tweeting out Sergi Baca only got three games after clearly trying to beat the shit out of I think it was Marquise Chris, um, sure, but like let, let's not let's not do this. Like Draymond did some uh, Draymond wanted to hurt somebody and he and he all and he almost did, and that that kind of shit needs to be punished. And like let, let's just leave it at that. Like do we need to get into all the semantics about like? Oh, you know, like he he didn't punch somebody. He wasn't, you know, you, you could, there's some gray area with like, oh, he was just trying to break up the fight. I just I, like, sure, you can play that game. I just don't, I just don't think there's any, like, I, I think if you get, if you were like honest with yourself or you're not just pulling over the wool over, over people's eyes, like you see what it is. Like he was trying to hurt Rudy. 
and again, I'm no fan of Rudy, but like, you know, like I got to be on Rudy's side on this one. Like, the, like he didn't really do anything to, to warrant that shit. And yeah, just the wild stuff. Like, it's it's just, I've just been some. I've just kind of tired of the Warriors fan base. Like, it's making me turn on the Warriors a little bit. Like, I I enjoy watching the Warriors. I enjoyed that game, but I wanted them to lose that one because yeah, the Timberwolves like. You know, like they're they're the baby face in this situation. They're, I mean, like they've been the villain for a long time. I've been a fan, but like you know, shit like this, it's, it's just it's just unacceptable. And like, you know, the game before, Chris Paul dives in. Like, I don't like maybe he didn't do it intentionally, but like with the track record of Chris Paul, like him essentially just diving into Mike Conley's knees, and everyone just saying, yeah, that's just Chris Paul. It's just. That's the that's the kind of like villainous bullshit that I, I just can't get with. Like this kind of shit needs to be reined in. That's at a certain point. So that's just kind of my rant on the warrior situation. Ant Man Ant Man is the real is the real deal. Um, and you know, Draymond needs to be reined in. Like this is ridiculous at this point. Like I don't fully agree with KC. Like where he he's comparing them to Jordan Poole and Kuzma about you know not being serious about winning. Like he is, he is just doing this kind of. He's just doing a bunch of shit, and at at a certain point, you need to make an example out of him. Like this kind of, this this kind of stuff is. It, it just shouldn't be. It shouldn't like. It shouldn't fly in today's game. Like you don't want to get people hurt, and he, I thought he was trying to hurt somebody there. Okay, so that's my rant on on the situation. Um, some other random uh, quirks. Um, so uh, Fong's been gone. So. Um, recently I've been able to play a lot of, uh, Diablo four and I got to probably ask him some advice about just, uh, how the hell to de deal with, uh, tier four because I'm dying a lot. I've actually, I've actually switched my, uh, rogue build a little bit. Um, I was, I was doing twisting blades. I tried to do one of the archer builds. It just did not go for me. So I ended up going back to twisting blades. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, once Fong comes back, I'll, I'll definitely update you guys on whether I can beat Duria or if we're gonna do Lilith, because uh that's the goal, right? Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh what else is do I have to talk about? Um no, I I don't think like I guess we can talk a little bit about um there apparently I think there was a big announcement tonight on AEW, and I actually haven't checked what it is. I'm on Twitter right now, let's check what it is. Uh, Jimmy Van. He's 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 kind of the guy I usually use to. Uh, let's see. Okay, he didn't tweet out about it. That's un oh, that's unfortunate. Let's. Uh, I guess I got to go to my wrestling list. Uh, live podcasting here. I'm gonna delay a little bit. Let's see. <laughs> so is it really? It's 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 Kota Ibushi. That's it. I I really hope that's not that's not it boy okay well like if, if that's really the thing oh that's a bit disappointing he's been he's been with AEW like do you really need to announce this like we thought we thought for a while that um it was going to be Mercedes Monet or like Sasha Banks for 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 those of you for you WWE fans I thought it was going to be that but yeah Tony Khan gotta stop with this like announcement bullshit it's just like it's getting it's getting old like at a certain point just just don't say anything and it'll be it'll be better honestly so anyways okay so i don't have anything else uh, left to say uh well 
That's so that's all I'm gonna have for you guys. Great win for the Kings, dominant win over the Lakers. You know, let's keep this shit up. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens with against Wemby on Friday. That's gonna be a really interesting matchup. I'm excited to see Wemby. Like Wemby's not gonna be guarding Sabonis, so he's not gonna be putting him in the in the meat grinder, but I like to see if like the, the Kings can find a way to attack Wemby. Because like uh, you know, you you're you don't wanna like you don't want to shy away from him. He's going to be guarding Harrison Barnes a lot. So I want to see if the Harrison can handle that matchup. Yeah. So we'll see that. We'll see that on Friday. Uh, until then, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I'll catch you guys on the next one.